Hi and welcome to the Calm Birth Conversation podcast. This is Karen McClay and I will be having lots of wonderful conversations with experts and parents around pregnancy, birth and parenting with the aim to help you to make informed choices and decisions around your own journey into parenthood. This podcast is brought to you by Calm Birth, Australia's leading childbirth education program. conversation is about pelvic floor care and perineal massage during pregnancy. Hi everyone and I'd like to welcome Sophie Carroll who is a women's health physio uh, to our conversation today and we're going to be talking about um, pelvic floor care during pregnancy and also once you've had your babies as well. Uh, So welcome Sophie and would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into women's health? Hi, Karen. Well, thank you for uh, inviting me to talk today. Um, Yes, my name's Sophie. I own a a women's health-specific physiotherapy clinic here in the Southern Highlands in Barrel, um, which I opened just earlier this year. I got into women's health about six years ago. I've been a physio for almost uh, 15, 16 years. But after treating the whole body, and I started really specialising in that lumbar spine to pelvis area and realised there was something I was missing. Um, Yeah, and then after the birth of my first child, I realised what an important area that is. So that's when I actually did my first women's health course uh, almost six years ago and, and has progressed ever since. Fantastic. Excellent. So I guess the big thing that I really want to have a chat to you today is is really about looking at that pelvic floor and the importance of it during pregnancy and particularly for labour and birth as well and what women can do to, to really care for that and prepare that also through labour and birth. So can you tell me um, a little bit about the pelvic floor? What is it and why is it important during pregnancy and particularly through labour and birth? Fabulous question, Karen. So what I thought I'll start with is a little anatomy lesson for all of your viewers and listeners, just so they actually know what the pelvic floor is and what it does. Um, So first of all, here's a little pelvis. It's made up of two ileums, two pelvic bones on the side, and your sacrum, which is attached to your lumbar spine here. Okay, and the pelvic floor is really that hammock that sits on the bottom. It really sits on the bottom here and just it holds our organs. And as obviously we have a growing uterus and growing baby and a growing weight, um, it becomes more and more important with pregnancy. So our pelvic floor is actually made up of superficial pelvic floor muscles and also deep pelvic floor muscles. So if we have a look at the superficial muscles, they're the ones that surround our urethra. Urethra, yeah. Uh, the entrance of our vagina, which is our, our vulva here, and our anus. And our superficial muscles, what they do is really a closure mechanism. So they close and assist with continence of both fecal and urinary incontinence and also closure of that vagina. Our deep pelvic floor layer, which is under here, which actually acts as a lifting up action. So when we contract that, it actually lifts and holds up those pelvic organs. So we've got two real functions of that pelvic floor. So it's that squeezing and then that lifting up action. Actually, I've got one little diagram on here, which will show it a little bit in a better detail. I'll go from here. So we see that those levators, those lifting up muscles here, 
and our superficial layer here. And obviously, as our baby gets bigger, that impact onto our pelvic floor actually grows. So that pelvic floor is really holding these pelvic organs in here, which are our bladder, which goes down to our urethra, our uterus, our vagina, and our rectum, which goes down to our anus. So here you see that lifting up action of that deep pelvic floor, and it also acts as a bit of a sling around our rectum. So actually contracting those deep muscles also assists with fecal continence because it actually just acts as a bit of a sling and it kind of kinks that rectum there. And then there's our superficial muscles here. Okay. So then, so in pregnancy, why is it important? Mm -hmm. <laughs> really important. Really important. Um, <laughs> yeah, the number one. So we really encourage women to start learning how to do pelvic floor exercises correctly. For starters, what it does, it gives you, the number one thing is it gives you a recognition of how to contract and how to relax that pelvic floor. Um, which is so important. Obviously, the re relaxation stage is vital for birth and labour and a happy pelvis at the end of the day. So what we're seeing in the clinic is a lot of women are focusing on the contraction yeah. and less on the relaxation. And it's really important to learn how to do both. So not only for the proprioception, so learning how to relax, but also our continence, so keeping the urine in when we're pregnant, and then also for that early rehab stage. So if you know how to do your pelvic floor exercises correctly, it means you can start that early rehab stage earlier because you already know the right technique to use. Beautiful. So when should women start to be doing their pelvic floor and, and working with that, those exercises, the Kegels? Yeah, the best idea, if you're unsure how to do them, for starters, um, it's really important to go and see a physio, women's health physio in the second trimester. So really from that second trimester stage, if you can start doing some Kegels, learning how to do them properly from that stage before you get you know, some pelvic girdle pain before the urine incontinence comes into the factor. Um, before all of that happens, it's really important to learn how to do it properly. And to do it properly, you want to actually think about a water droplet. So a water droplet is the best analogy with how, how to contract and how to relax your pelvic floor. So if you imagine that there's a water droplet coming down into the water, that's like your pelvic floor relaxing. So it drops and opens up. When, a pelvic, when the water droplet, if you reverse it, it's like that squeezing mechanism of the superficial pelvic floor and lifting up. What we also teach is that people coordinate, patients coordinate this with their breath. So as you breathe out, you want to contract and lift up. As you breathe in, you want to relax and open out. Okay, so we don't just talk about um, the strength of the pelvic floor, but also the coordination. So breathing out, contracting, breathing in and relaxing. Okay. So I think one of the things, I mean, there's so much advice around pelvic floor and what women should be doing and how much they should be doing and how much they should be strengthening it. Um, and I, I, love, I love that idea that, that it's really a balance, isn't it, between strengthening and, and learning to relax. And, and one of the things that for some women, particularly first-time mums, is that that pelvic floor can be overactive, can't it? So it's 
for them seeing a, a physiotherapist, um, just even if it's a one-off appointment, just to get that pelvic floor assessed is really important, isn't it? So that yeah. they can work out whether or not they do need to strengthen or whether they actually need to focus more on relaxing it. And that often just takes one appointment. We, we can't emphasize that enough. So our, our ideal patient is the pregnant second trimester, no pain, no symptoms, comes in for a check and I can give them, we can give them the whole plan for the rest of the let them know what's happening with their pelvic floor at that time and how is best for them to train their specific pelvic floor um, and whether it's overactive and they really have to concentrate on relaxation, um, mindfulness, some stretches, mm. um, or if it's a combination of both and we can give them a specific program for that. Yeah, and what about women who don't have access to physios that, you know, perhaps live somewhere where there isn't a, a physio or perhaps they, maybe they can't quite afford to go to a physio? Where can they get some information around doing, doing their Kegels? What can they do to, to, to really help themselves? Yeah, you can. Um, thankfully, there are a lot of resources online. The, um, the Continents Foundation of Australia has a great website, which I'm sure you can put a link to. Yep. Uh, also, thankfully, um, I guess one silver lining of COVID is that we all have expanded our online resources, to be honest. So yeah. even if they Google the lo their closest physiotherapist in the area and see what resources available they have, there's a lot of us who are putting some free information online for clients um, and I've got a lot of things on social media pages. Uh, just making sure they get their information from a, a accredited provider, so someone that's actually trained in, in women's health um, mm. physiotherapy rather than just a, um, someone who doesn't have that specific training. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think if they can contact um, anyone that's close to them, a lot of us will actually provide a lot of information for free if they email, if they call, um, and we can give them as much advice as possible. Beautiful. And that pelvic floor is not just important um, to, to have it strengthened so that the recovery is, is much better, but it also has a, an important role to play in, in actual labour and birth as well. And we know women who have been doing their, their Kegel exercises just seem to have um, find it much more easier to push and yeah. bear down to bring those babies out as well. Yeah, it's really a better awareness of that whole area. So mm. that actually, I would say over 50% of the women that come in who've never been taught how to do a pelvic floor exercise are not sure if they're doing it. The first question is always, I think this is it, but I'm not really sure. Mm. Um, so if we can learn how to do it properly, then they can reinforce that connection between their brain and their pelvic floor. They get a better recognition of what's happening in that area and they'll they'll have a better awareness during that, um, during the labour and during the birth of their bub. And that's where also the, we recommend the perineal massage as well, you know, from that 37 week onward. Um, and just, you know, for proprioception, for tissue elasticity, and it's been shown, there's been a lot of studies, um, as you would know, Karen, uh, yeah. during labour, during second stage labour and doing perineal massage and the reduction in episiotomies and tearing. Um, there's a lot of really good research into that. So it, it's something we also definitely recommend. Yeah. So And, and certainly as a midwife, that's something that, that I, we recommend regularly to, to our, our couples and our women is to start doing that, that perineal mm -hmm. massage. And, and one of the things I love about that is not only does it, does it 
help with relaxing those muscles a, a little bit. But what it also does is creates that body wisdom and that real understanding of their, their anatomy and, and where that baby's coming to. So I think that has an enormous role to play in um, the effectiveness of perineal massage, actually, mm-hmm. for, for labour and birth and reducing any tearing. Post. And I think that's because women know where that baby's coming to. It's not... Um, shock when it gets there they kind of and they know how to work with it they relax sensation and and it's really i mean something that i know you're all for is educating them Mm. how to do it educating them that this is what happens with their bodies and this is what you recognize and and this is that sensation so if you educate them with regards to that then um it, it has to make the uh the labor and the birth that little bit that little bit more comfortable a bit easier Absolutely. And the other great thing about perineal massage is they can get their partners to do it. And that gets a bit of oxytocin happening as well, which is that beautiful love hormone. So, which is great for labor. So, you know, you can get, you can be quite, it can be quite a fun thing to do as well. Um, So it's, it's, it's something that's really important is so that that pelvic floor care and doing, doing their Kegel exercises. But as you said, um, focusing just as much on the relaxation Yes. as as on the tone as well and, and the contraction. And I think that's really important because particularly with labour, we know that that cervix is very much connected to that pelvic floor. And if women through their labour can recognise if they're holding their pelvic floor tight, they know how to then relax it and let go so that that cervix can open and that baby can come down. So, again, it's a, a part from... The, the physical aspects of strengthening and conditioning. Mm-hmm. It's also very much about that body wisdom yeah. as well and learning how to work, work with, with in that birth space. So what about once they've had birth though? Uh, you know, the rehab, as you said, or the recovery is really important with pelvic floor to get that back i mean they have had a baby and it has been stretched so it's and our, our bodies are incredible at coming back but there's a lot that we can do to really help that what we can do to help. a lot that we can do <laughs> so so what what thing so tell us what what can we do to help or it really ought to first of all depends on the delivery and obviously mm. the degree or any degree of tearing and if you've had a caesar versus a vaginal birth and and it doesn't mean a, what one big thing that we try and emphasize is that a cesarean section doesn't mean you don't have to rehab. <laughs> you mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, there, there are, we often see different um, issues after cesareans, but um, that they both actually still need pelvic floor rehabilitation. So say you've, uh, you've had a beautiful vaginal birth, it, you've had minimal tearing or grazing, you know, up to about a grade two, which we, we see a lot of that grazing to grade two. Um, you really can start from the first week and, and I think I'll give you a, a various um, a bit of a, a standard exercise protocol that I give my patients mm-hmm. but it's really important to realize that everything everyone's individual so if you're in pain or you know recognize your own body so if you're finding that you're doing these exercises and it feels wrong or a bit painful then it's not right for you okay and we do a lot of emphasis on trusting your instincts, trusting your own body. Um, we can give you guidelines, but um, really comes down to, to the mum, you know, tr- trusting what's happening. So from week zero, we talk about doing little flickers, so little flicker of pelvic floors, and that just gets the muscles firing. It, it helps promote the healing of the muscles those first two weeks. 
um, it, where all of your little, you know, all the um, fibroblasts and all the healing properties are laying down new tissue and healing that perineum. So week zero, we talk about little flickers. So even if you're doing 10 little flickers when you're breastfeeding, and that's it, nothing too major. Week one, we go to one second, just about 10 times when you're breastfeeding. Week two, two seconds. Week three, three seconds. And up from there. Really important in that those first two weeks to really look after your perineum as well. So often you know, women will have stitches. So it's that first two weeks that it, it can really, um, it's more susceptible to damage or infection. So we look at talking about ice and compression and elevation and really resting, um, resting that perineum. So important, especially with, um, which I'm sure you guys are doing in the hospital, with coughing, you know, they get some wound support, um, anything that's applying pressure down into that perineum, opening your bowels, so making sure that dreaded first um, poo that women women always dread after after having a baby, that you know, apply some pressure on the perineum as well for any wound um, to, to eliminate any, any further damage to the stitches. But yeah, that's generally, generally how we go with, um, with the early grazes. Um, so that zero, one second, two seconds, and up from there until they come into a women's health physio around that four to six week mark. Yeah. And anyone larger than that, so they're grade three and four, that's when that compression and all of those kind of advice that rest, ice, compression, elevation, um, and, and wound support care really, really come into the factor. Yeah, beautiful. And just talking and touching on that idea of that first poo, um, I think one of the things that I find often is is the anticipation is all, always so much more than what the actual event is. And often women afterwards go, oh, wow, that really was something, nothing. So it's it's about not being, again, not being fearful and using that that wisdom that they've gained from doing their pelvic floor exercises to to kind of relax down and, and allow that to happen Exactly. Well. And know that a gentle strain, you'll be okay. You're, a gentle strain to eliminate that first boot, you'll be okay. You'll be fine. If you've learned how to relax that pelvic floor, we, can, we do different things like, you know, setting them up with footstools and some relaxed breathing. So relaxing their elbows on their knees. You know, Beautiful doing calm breathing. Yeah, exactly. Our calm breathing. Don't forget our calm breathing. Yeah, and your calm breathing <laughs> just when you're booing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could even do the rhythmic focus breath as well, that working you breath. Really yeah, did. just you breathe that baby out. It's <laughs> a whole new course for you, Karen. <laughs> yeah, that first poo. <laughs> the calm poo. <laughs> That's right. It is a fearful thing, and the more we're fearful, the more we're going to contract and, and really try and prevent it. And the more we contract and prevent it, the the less, um, I guess, the more dehydrated the feces becomes and then the harder it is to get out. So it, it's really important that um, in pelvic health generally, we talk a lot about um, bowel management, mm. but that especially after, after having a baby, you know, as soon as you have that urge, you really need to go and sit on the toilet, relax on the toilet for, you know, within that first half an hour, because when that urge goes, the feces becomes dehydrated and it, and it does get a lot harder later. So. Yeah, and I know that's something that you're passionate about with pelvic floor care. It's not just the exercises, is it? It's also about reducing incidence of constipation and really having that good bowel health and, and bowel movements as well. Yeah, yeah, so that's, 
that's very much part of part of that care as well. What about women who have more complicated deliveries? So things like we we certainly know that forceps deliveries, so uh, and vacuum deliveries, so instrumental deliveries, as everyone I'm sure could imagine it, that's a lot stronger on the pelvic floor and has a tendency to weaken it a lot more than than what just a, a normal vaginal birth would what what would you advise to those women when should they come because one of the biggest things is to come and see see a, a women's health physio when should they come to start to do that oh they can well the first thing i guess is for them not to worry as well um i get i get a lot of stressful emails and i was answering some facebook ones this morning um of women who are stressed because they've had faucets or vacuums and you know, there are medical reasons why or why they mm. have to be used and to have a safe bub and safe mum and, and exactly. just letting women know that we can help afterwards. Yes, there is usually more damage done. Um, sometimes you get little evulsions of the levators off, um, off the bone. But we and can, then the muscles around the... Yeah, yeah. The, the, the muscles. So what can happen is you get a little bit of tearing at the front. So I, I tell women, it's like losing a spring or two off a trampoline. Yeah. got the, the trampoline. There's still a lot there. We're still okay. <laughs> it, it's not the end of the world. Um, but that can happen as a result of big babies or forceps or, you know, any perineal trauma. Um, and so we really like to see them between in the clinic between that four, about six-week mark it's usually technically when they've stopped um, stopped bleeding after the birth. And if they've had a check with their obstetrician or their GP, and then we just try and get them in as soon as possible. Yeah. In the meantime, we, we often, and that's when I get all the messages in those first four to six weeks of the, the scared messages. And we'll give them some very, um, some, a lot of reassurance, a lot of it will be okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to manage this when you, when you can get into the clinic. Um, and a lot of very, those simple exercises that I went through with, um, just that turning on the pelvic floor, some simple positions, a lot of advice um, with regards to lifting. So limit heavy lifting, you know, limit it, limit it to the, um, the weight of your baby if you can. And, and yeah, so some general advice to, to help give them some um, reassurance that it will get better. Yeah, beautiful. Excellent. And that's the thing. It's, it's really about just recovery and knowing that we, our, our, ability, our bodies do have this amazing ability to heal, but we've got to do our bit to help yes. our bodies to do that. And there are so many things now that, that we understand about the body and, and how to really help and work with that. And, and that's something um, that women can, can access. Yeah. Uh, with that and if they have any concerns ask talk to people it's not something to be concerned about because um, I guess there's a, that other concern about incontinence after after giving birth to a little bit of urinary incontinence which mm -hmm. which isn't a common issue but it does happen yeah. um, and and again it's about just getting that tone back isn't it and strengthening that, that tone back it's really um we find, I find as a women's health physio, we're a bit, we act as a bit of a detective about why, why is it incontinent? Because you can become incontinent with an overactive pelvic floor as well. You can mm -hmm. become incontinent with an underactive pelvic floor. So it's finding what is the cause um, of it. It's really common. Uh, we know that our, our ligaments and our fascia is a little bit more lax while we're breastfeeding. And I tell all women, it, it's obviously 
not an issue, to, not a reason to stop breastfeeding at all. Um, but just know that all the ligaments are a little bit looser while we are breastfeeding, so we're more prone to those those conditions. But there are a lot of things that we can do to help in the meantime. Yeah, beautiful. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. And do you have any final things that you want to say to women about their pelvic floor care during pregnancy and after birth? Like what's, what's, your, what's your key little bit of advice that you would give them? I guess my key advice, my number one thing is to get checked if they can. Get checked. Um, just one check during, during your pregnancy. Know where, where your baseline's sitting at. Know what you can do for your body. Because uh, there's as much we can we can read about it online, we can read all the information, but if we don't know what's actually happening to our own body, it's really hard to make that treatment quite specific. And as you know, my other big um, big piece of advice is bowel management, um, mm -hmm. and mainly because I see so many I see so many constipated women, and the and the issues that the constipation has on both the bladder, the pelvic floor on everything. So if they can address their constipation, look at um, defecation techniques, um, it does actually um, assist your pelvic floor and, and, um, and prevent further issues happening. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And I'm sure we're going to have many conversations down the track because there's so many things that we can talk about with you. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, thank you for having me, Karen. Thank no you. worries, a pleasure.